What's up, everybody? You are listening to Trail Tales, episode number 88. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker, I am a peak bagger, I am a huge hiking nerd. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. I'm doing something right now with this introduction that I don't normally do. I am recording it right after I finished recording the episode. I usually record it a few days later, um, but I literally just finished talking to this week's guest, a man named Will Peterson, who currently holds the unsupported FKT for the White Mountains Diretissima, which in case you don't know, I actually forgot to ask him to explain this in the episode. It's been covered on other episodes too, but in case you don't know, the Diretissima is basically when you hike all 48 of the 4,000 footers in the White Mountains in one shot. So you essentially through hike the 4,000 footers in the Whites. Um, it's a incredible feat. It, it's incredible to do a diuretissima period, no matter the time it takes you. The fact that he did it so fast is just absolutely insane. It blows my mind. We talk all about that. We also talk about his through hike of the Appalachian Trail. He through hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2019. He absolutely crushed it too. I found out in this episode that he did the Appalachian Trail in less than four months, which is really, really impressive. Um, just an all-around badass hiker. And we also talk about our moms quite a bit at the beginning because both of our moms uh, went to high school together and grew up together, it turns out. So that's pretty funny. Anyways, um, Will Peterson, complete badass hiker. It was a great time talking. And Will, when you hear this, dude, let's do it again soon. Before we get into the conversation here, I need to say a few things. First of all, a huge, heartfelt incredibly gigantic thank you to everybody who donated to my 46 climbs team the kyle hates hiking 46 climbs team is currently the number one fundraising team for the entire organization for the entire 46 climbs event so incredible over ten thousand dollars in like a month that's insane uh my youtube subscribers and these trail tales listeners you guys are the best like seriously the freaking best i i almost didn't even fundraise this year because i felt like it was too late because last year i did it like months in advance and and i think i i think it was like two or three thousand dollars last year um ten thousand dollars that's just insane number one team so crazy thank you so so much to everybody who donated um from the bottom of my heart i i really appreciate it so much thank you guys Thank you, thank you, thank you. A um, couple other things. Instagram, go follow me on Instagram, at Kyle Hates Hiking. Go check out my YouTube channel, also called Kyle Hates Hiking. If you want to help support this show, if you listen week after week, except for the past couple weeks, because I didn't post till last week for a couple weeks. But anyways, if you want to help support this show, there's a couple things you can do. First thing, leave a five-star review on either iTunes or whatever your podcast platform is. That really, really helps the show. Trail Tales has been growing ever since it started, and it's kind of taken off a little bit now. It's pretty cool. So go leave a five-star review. That really helps me. If you want to help even more, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash trailtales. If you want to toss me a couple bucks each month, you'll get invited to a video chat with me and a bunch of other hiking nerds. You'll get a couple stickers. You'll get access to these little bonus videos I do where I just... While I'm driving, I just talk about a random hiking topic um, by myself. It's pretty fun. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com slash trailtales. I would really appreciate it. And of course, I got to spend some time talking about this episode's sponsor, Sawyer Products. You know who they are. You you love their products, hopefully, just as much as I do. You love them just as much as I do. Um, it's pretty cool because 
I feel like Sawyer is pretty much a household hiker name at this point because their stuff is so good. But what I'm going to talk about today is, again, something you've probably heard me talk about before, either on YouTube or on this podcast, but their permethrin spray. So if you don't know what permethrin is, it is something you should definitely know about because uh, it helps you stay safe from Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses as well because permethrin kills ticks. It doesn't just repel them, it kills them. And the reason I like using permethrin is because it's not like a bug spray where you have to spray it on your clothes every so often, you know, every couple hours, or you have to spray it on your skin. Um, With permethrin, you basically spray it on your clothes one time and then it lasts for either six washes or six weeks, whichever comes first. And another great thing about Sawyer's Permethrin is that it's completely odorless after it dries. So unlike DEET or some other bug sprays, when you spray it on your skin or on your clothes or whatever, pretty sure you're not supposed to spray DEET on your skin, but I've definitely done that before. Um, It doesn't smell once it dries. So when you first spray it on your clothes, when you hang them up, on the clothesline or whatever, you're gonna smell it then. It doesn't really smell that bad, but you're definitely gonna notice it. But once that stuff dries, it takes a couple hours or whatever, you're not gonna notice any smell at all. And like I said, it's gonna be effective for a long, long time. And I also wanna stress this, I just said it a few seconds ago, but permethrin doesn't repel ticks, it actually kills them. So it will literally, yeah, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, if the tick crawls onto your clothing, it will die, which is a good thing because ticks suck. And you want to be sure to spray your shoes and your socks. Don't just spray your, your shirt and your your shorts or whatever. you got to spray your shoes and your socks as well. That's really important. And the reason is because you're, it's actually been proven that you're more than 70 times less likely to get bitten by a tick. If you're wearing permethrin-treated shoes and socks, a lot of ticks hang out pretty low to the ground. And so they crawl onto you from your shoes or your socks. That's really, really important. Keep yourself safe from Lyme disease, guys. It's actually one of the fastest growing infectious diseases in the United States. It's one of the most misdiagnosed diseases in the United States as well. And tick-borne diseases have actually more than tripled in the past 15 years. 300,000 plus cases of Lyme disease reported every single year to the CDC. It's not a good thing. It's not a good look. So keep yourself safe. Check out Sawyer's Permethrin. You can find it in just about any outfitter, and you can also find it online. Amazon's got it. Walmart's got it. All the outfitters have it, obviously. Or you can just go to Sawyer.com and buy it there as well. So thanks so much to Sawyer for making cool products. Thanks to Sawyer for supporting the show, keeping this going. And with that said, let's get into it. Episode number 88 of Trail Tales with Will Peterson, Appalachian Trail Class of 2019, and the current unsupported FKT holder of the White Mountain Diretissima. All right, episode 88 of Trail Tales. I'm back after a month of not doing these episodes. Um, Took a little break there, felt good, but Will Peterson, what's up? what's up what's going on (laughs) not very much um we have a lot to talk about today will recently set the i'll make sure i get this right the unsupported fkt of the white mountain diretissima that's a mouthful did i get that right (laughs) that's right yeah okay i I almost said i almost said self-supported but that's the difference between those two has been explained like so many times on the show i should probably remember exactly what it is but i don't um, but I know, I know, I read unsupported today, which is super, super 
badass. So we're going to talk about that a lot today. I've got a bunch of questions about that. Um, and Will's also done some other stuff too. But before we get into any of that, um, we got to talk about our moms, dude. So for, <laughs> for everybody listening, I don't know if my mom still listens to these episodes. She listened to like the first at least like 60, I, I swear. Like she was pretty good about it. I don't know if she still listens now. She hasn't mentioned it in a while. So maybe she finally got sick of hearing me ramble on here. But um, so Will and I haven't really met but technically we kind of have met because when we were kids and i mean like literally i was probably like like four or five and you were like a couple years younger um so like we were like kid kids uh we did meet because both of our moms how do they how do they know each other again i they were either good friends in high school or college i think it might have been high school did your mom grow up in presque isle yeah that's what it is then yep 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 that's yeah they were part of this they were part of the same like popular girlfriend group um i don't know i don't know if she'll be upset about me for saying this but they they had like a they had a nickname for their friend group called the nine bitches oh my god i've never heard this before i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to say that to my mom that's so funny (laughs) oh it's it's great they still like they have a facebook chat still that goes by that name it's awesome i feel like i've vaguely heard her say that before that's so funny okay so i i didn't know that your mom grew up in presque isle too presque isle maine everybody up in up in the county aroostook county way the hell up there um that's pretty funny. Damn. So yeah. we, we did meet, but we were really, really young. And the only reason I know that we met, I mean, I, I knew our moms were friends because that's kind of how we connected way back when the show was just first starting. Um, but the way I found out that we had actually like physically been in the same place is because a couple is probably about a month ago. Now I went down to South Carolina to visit my parents. And when I was staying with them, I was flipping through some scrapbooks, my mom had and there were some pictures of us from like 1999 or something i think it was 1999 (laughs) and one of the names it was like a picture of me and a bunch of other people i didn't recognize any of them um and then i saw the name will peterson i was like i'm pretty sure that's probably like it's probably like the will so that i think that's so funny that's absolutely (laughs) wild and I, I like sent you a picture. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is you, but I'm not sure because you're like fucking two years old or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, anyways, um, moms aside, we're going to actually talk about some hiking today because turns out, uh, despite the fact that we never, despite, despite the fact that we met when we were that young and then never talked at all until, you know, probably what, like a year and a half ago or whatever, yeah. um, we've both done some pretty cool hiking i would say that you've done some even more intense shit than i have i wouldn't just say that that's pretty obvious because an fkt of the diuretissima diuretissima whatever it is is a super badass but um before we get into that why don't we just uh why, why don't you just go ahead and like say who you are besides the fact that you met me when you were two or whatever and um talk about what your hiking experience was prior to the diuretissima i know you hiked the at and i'm not sure if you did anything before that but yeah just go ahead and give your your introduction spiel if you will all right so uh, my name is will pearson um i go by sisyphus on the trail um i started hiking a few years ago a couple years before i hiked the appalachian trail um i decided to hike the at i'm a, I'm a few years younger than kyle 
um, still in college right now, but I decided to hike the AT as like a, a sort of gap semester in college. Um, that was really my first big backpacking trip. I'd done one, um, one seven night trip before that, but the AT was my first, you know, the first trip where I needed a resupply and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, outside of that, I've just been working on the, the New England 67, um, and the, it was, I was supposed to do the PCT this year, but that got derailed because of COVID and, um, decided to go after something local that I could do without resupplying. And that led me to the, uh, to the Daratissima. And yeah, that was sort of the, the impetus to go after that. Gotcha. Are you a senior? Like, was your plan to graduate and then do the PCT? No, I'm a junior. Um, so I was going to try to fit it in, like, the four months of summer. Oh, okay. You had messaged me about this once. I forgot about that. That was it. That's ambitious. I was going to say, like, it'd be kind of funny if you were going to take, like, more time off of school to go do the PCT, but then COVID <laughs> canceled the PCT, so you're like, oh, shit, I might as well go back to school. But that makes sense. <laughs> you're just going to do it, do it during the summer. But obviously, yeah, that didn't – or that's – yeah, you were going to do it this year, weren't you? So that's not going to happen. That sucks. Yeah. Um, but the diuretisma is still pretty badass. Did you have any experience with, like, attempting any sort of, like, really, really, really fast hike before this? I, I guess, actually, a better question. How how fast did you do the AT? So I did the AT in three months, 24 days. So which you is did like, it fucking fast. <laughs> that's crazy. It was, it was pretty fast, but I didn't do any huge mile days really like my biggest day on the at was like 32 and a half which isn't like i feel like most people it's get a pretty big mile day I yeah, mean, yeah it's not like absurdly like you know crazy but i i don't think most 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 through hikers aren't doing you know regular 30s i guess yeah that's fair it's like i didn't do the four state challenge or any of those like really big uh, mile challenges but i did like all of the there was a stretch from about pennsylvania through vermont where i was just consistently doing like 28 miles a day Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like how you were able to i think that gave me a really good baseline of just being able to keep keep on trucking like some sunrise to sunset Mm -hmm. dude that's that's crazy fucking under four months that's nuts dude holy shit so you (laughs) you obviously were like pretty or about as prepared for the diuretisma FKT as you possibly could be without having done any prior FKTs, I guess. So that's pretty crazy. Um, did you also, like when you were back on the AT, did you also just not take as many zeros or time in town, I guess? Yeah, we, uh, so I, I, I took four zero days on the AT and I was like, <laughs> that's four it? Was- yeah four the, zeros holy shit <laughs> the plan was to take two and then i ended up like um i ended up getting hit by really bad weather like right when i got to maine and my house was like 15 minutes from the trail so oh, i was like word. well i might as well just wait out the next couple days at my house but yeah it would have been cooler if i'd only done two but dude that's four. <laughs> freaking oh my god four zeros what the hell did you like plan on doing it at that pace, like such an aggressive pace from the start, or is that just kind of like what you felt like doing once you got out there? It was kind of what we felt. So I hiked the trail a large part with my buddy uh, Refugee, 
who went to high school with me and our plan our plan going out there was to hike it um in five months um but just when we got out there we decided to our our plan was to do as many our plan was to do it as quickly as we could while not feeling like we were like torturing ourselves right and so we yeah we i mean we just started building up and like as we got farther north it it just looked like we were gonna finish quicker than uh than five months finish quicker than four months dude holy (laughs) shit that's crazy it just blows my mind whenever i talk to someone who did the trail faster than me because i did it you know a little bit faster than average i did like just over four and a half months and mm-hmm. I feel like genuinely I could not have done it any faster. I feel like that's about as fast as I could have possibly done it. And so that's that's just that's just crazy. You must be in pretty damn good shape. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's all like it's all just like what your body's comfortable with, yeah. you know? Like and I I don't I don't know. I don't like say that I did the trail in sub four months and like I don't really look at that as a I don't know, something to gloat about. It's like everyone just is out there for different reasons. Not everyone's looking to do it yeah. in as quickly as they can, you know? That's that's definitely true. I guess you must have been passing a ton of people every single day. Um, and yeah. the reason I know that is because I was passing a ton of people every single day and I wasn't hiking, <laughs> you know, even close to your pace. And so did it ever, like, tempt you to slow down a little bit? Just, like, blowing by all these groups of people that are, like, taking it easy and maybe partying a little bit, you know? taking their time or whatever, you know, smelling the roses as a lot of people like to say very cringily, cringily is that it, a word online? Dude, it, <laughs> it so did. It so did. Cause we'd like multiple times on the trail, we'd run into these awesome like trail families and, um, start hanging out with them for like a couple days. Like sometimes groups would speed up for a couple days to, to hike with us. And then like, we'd end up running away from groups and I was like, man, like we could just slow down and hang out with these people. Yeah, yeah. But did you ever end up hiking besides your your hiking partner? Did you ever end up hiking around anybody else that was going at a similar pace, or was it mostly just kind of group really. to group we're, to group? <laughs> keep yeah, keep passing was, people. It was pretty much group to group to group. We like um, there were several groups where we that we latched onto for like two or three hundred miles, um, but nothing nothing held together for longer than that unfortunately which makes sense because you're just hiking so damn fast it's just like yeah that's crazy man (laughs) it was kind of unfortunate like so once refugee ended up getting off trail in uh in connecticut there was this there's this group of people hiking pretty much exactly my pace that were like four or five days ahead of me and i just like could not catch them all the way to Katahdin. I was always like two or three days behind them and just never. So they must have been hiking pretty fast too then, huh? Yeah, they were hauling. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What um what happened to your to your buddy? Connecticut? Oh, that sucks too. That's like a yeah. most not well, I mean, yeah, it is a lot of the trail. Like that's that's a very in my experience, uncommon place for somebody to have to leave the trail. I guess I feel like most people either leave at the like they usually just leave at the beginning honestly maybe the first like 500 miles so the fact that he made it all the way to connecticut and then left that that sucks what happened there yeah it's it's a it was kind of a shitty situation because it wasn't anything he could have done about it but he uh he got a he got a stress fracture and Uh, we uh no i hate hearing these stories when people get injured that far into no god 
Yeah, I know. It's it's it sucks because like we his foot started hurting like way back. I think the first time I remember him mentioning it was at like Delaware Water Gap in Pennsylvania, and he uh, like when we got to New York, it was it started hurting quite a bit more. So we got off trail and um, went to like a quick care place and got him X-rayed, and the people at the quick care place were like, "No, you're fine. Just keep hiking." <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And so like That's... by the time we got to Connecticut, he just like couldn't walk on it anymore and got another x-ray and then it was like very very cracked that's interesting it sucks for sure um that's interesting because i feel like i've heard stories like plenty of stories of hikers who go to the hospital for various reasons um or or just go to urgent care or whatever to get checked out and the doctors always tell them not to keep hiking and then they do anyway (laughs) but i've never heard a story where the you know, they went to get checked out and the doctor's like, oh, you're fine to keep hiking. And then they couldn't keep hiking. So that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but also, obviously like it sucks too. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I hate to hear, <laughs> oh God, I hate to hear like a story of someone being that far into a hike because usually the conventional wisdom is once you get that far into a hike, like your body's in shape and like you're good to go. But to have like a stress fac- fracture too, crop up that, far into the trail that's that's not good i don't like to hear that stuff so that sucks for your friend um i remember so when before you even left going back to the mom thing uh, Mm -hmm. my mom had contacted me this was when trail tales was in its like complete infancy like this was probably the first couple months i don't remember exactly when but you know maybe december or january of 2019 yeah yeah exactly yeah no, um, I, I remember my mom telling me, hey, uh, Doreen's son started a podcast. <laughs> you should go. It's And it's about hiking. And, like, you're going to hike the AT. Like, you should go listen to it. And you're like, yeah, whatever, mom. <laughs> like, that's so funny. <laughs> and she, she, had, she had, you know, reached out to me. Um, also, shout out to my mom for getting me an early listener there. Like, literally. I remember I had asked her that <laughs> time. I was like, did you actually find this on your own? Or did my did you find it, like, through the moms? And you're like, yeah. Through the moms, <laughs> but <laughs> that's awesome. Um but anyways, I remember her telling me, like, oh, my friend's son is going to be doing the AT. Like, uh, do you have any advice for him or whatever? She's like, oh, he's going to hike it with a friend. And the first piece of advice that came to mind, and this is still a piece of advice that I would stand by, but obviously it's not true 100% of the time, is um, generally starting with another person, especially when you're not, mostly when you're not experienced hikers. If you're, if you're already too two through hikers and you know you have similar paces mm-hmm. and that's a little bit different but generally if you're both beginners we'll say starting a through hike together probably isn't the best idea because you have no idea like what your paces are going to be or how you're going to get along and those things and so one of the things i don't know if this was ever relayed back to you at all but one of the things i had told my mom tell your mom to tell you is that starting <laughs> with another person might not be the best idea and if you do it just be prepared to continue on without them if something goes wrong and uh yeah. The fact that you guys made it all the way to Connecticut together tells me that, uh, though, again, I still stand by that advice most of the time, it's not always true because something must have worked there. So I guess, can you just, I'm not even going to ask a specific question. Can you just like talk about that a little bit, kind of riff off of that? Yeah, I definitely remember getting that advice and that actually, so prior to getting that advice, we hadn't talked about what happened if we had really different hiking paces or what would happen if, you know, uh, one of us got off trail and the other didn't and all that, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, so like we talked about it and we, we had the same sort of mindset of like, you know, we're out there together, but, um, it is our own hike. And like, we have to like, if uh, the plan was to stay together as long as, um, as long as we could. And that we, we are sort I mean, this sort of, um, was built into us doing the trail quicker is like, we, we decided that unless there was something really wrong with us, we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't cut our mileage just because we didn't want to, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, like mentally we were dragging each other along where like, if we planned a 26 mile day and one of us didn't feel like doing 26, the other would, the other would, you know, sort of drag, drag you along for the 26. But <laughs> it was, it was like, uh, I don't know. We, we also got really lucky. Like we, we had very similar mindsets going in. That's really uh, important. Um, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We had very similar mindsets. We didn't want to spend a lot of time in towns. Like we have very similar hiking paces, which is also just like very yep. lucky. Oh yeah. And like, I know totally. Like if I were giving someone advice, I'd be like, be, I'd be very cautious about, um, starting the trail with someone, especially like he and I had gone on one hike together before doing the AT. <laughs> that's so. actually crazy, dude. That's that's it's cool though. Like I guess you know, like you just said, you did get a little bit lucky because that's hard. That's hard. I feel like it's the chances are low that two people that have never hiked together before um, starting together would end up not only getting along but also just having a similar style and a similar pace like that. So. That is that is yeah. it's cool honestly and it, it goes to show that it does happen sometimes it's just not common I guess yeah for sure and it's like um it's not like it was like we got along all the time you know that's that's another thing people need to <laughs> be prepared for it's like and we like talked about this before we got out on trail it's like sometimes we're just gonna fucking hate each other yeah but that's like not a big deal you guys were smart about it though man like talking about this talking about this stuff beforehand that's another big piece of advice I would. I would give to um, even if you are going to start with somebody in a similar situation like Will's, definitely talk this stuff out beforehand and be prepared to follow through with the things you talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you just go in blind, like oh we'll be fine, you just don't think about it or worry about it. That's when the issues are going to arise. Because if you yeah if you talk about it, at least if those things do come up, um, differences in pace or hiking style, at least you're. At least you've been able to come to terms with it, I guess. Come to terms with the fact that maybe you're going to end up splitting up or someone's going to have to compromise or something like that. So good for you guys, honestly, for, for working that out. I think that's awesome. Yeah, man. I'd, I don't know. I, I It always sucks to me that he had to get off trail. Yeah. And I kind of I hope that like at some point he'll he'll get back on there and invite me to go with him. But <laughs> we'll, yeah, uh, we'll see. There you go. There you go. Had you ever hiked in the whites um before you got there on the AT? I'd done, like... I want to say I'd done, like, 18 or something of the mountains of the of the 48. Okay, so you'd done, you know, not a ton, a ton, but enough to, no. like, to know, like, what it's like there, obviously. Yeah, my... Like, I'd, I'd done a Prezi Traverse. I think that was, like, my biggest hike ever, and I thought that that was just, like, the pinnacle of all hikes, you know? <laughs> I mean, for for most people it is. Like, that's that's no joke, for sure. All right, I guess now that, yeah, I kind of transitioned into the White Mountains talk there, we should probably continue down that rabbit hole. So my natural first question for the Diaratissima FKT subject would be, why did you do it? But you kind of answered that already because you said 
you were going to do the PCT, but then that got canceled because of COVID, obviously. Um, and then you wanted to do something close to home. So I guess one of the reasons why I asked you that previous question there um, about having hiked in the whites before was just because I wasn't sure if there's any sort of like, I don't know, connection there or any reason why you wanted to go there specifically because because there there is other things you could have done in the northeast that would be a reasonable safe you know experience you know despite covid um so i guess if it maybe there isn't more to it maybe i'm overthinking it but is there anything more to your decision to go for the diuretism fkt i've always been a big fan of the whites like a lot of my formative hiking experiences were in the whites like my first solo backpacking trip and my first big day hikes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also when I started looking at local things and local FKTs that I could go after, uh, this summer, the, <laughs> the list like wasn't all that long about things yeah. that I would one, like be passionate about and two, like actually have a chance at beating. Like, like I looked at like the hut traverse or, um, or like the Pemi loop. And it's like, I'm, I'm not a speedy person. I can't like, I can't run 10 minute miles over, over like that kind of terrain. So it was the, the dark system was cool in the sense that like, it's not really a speed competition. It's more of like a, how many miles a day can you hike competition? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's, that's a cool thought because that's something I haven't really ever thought about to be honest. Cause I don't really have any particular interest in doing FKTs and stuff, but, um, so, so you're saying you you weren't really you must have been hiking at a decent pace you know in order to do forty plus miles in a day but you weren't like running yeah you were just like hiking still yeah uh, there were like so the diatisma has some out and backs like 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 once you uh, you climb Franconia Ridge up to Haystack and then you do like a big out and back to go get Liberty and Flume. Like there are a bunch of sections like that where you can drop your pack and do a little bit of trail running, which is nice because it sort of like mixes up the muscle groups that you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most, I'd say like 80% of it was probably hiking. And I think my overall elapsed like pace throughout a day was usually 2.6 miles an hour. So not crazy fast. That's cr- That's, oh man, that actually blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> so you were just hiking for long yeah. fucking hours then you just oh, yeah. you just weren't sleeping basically if you're hiking yeah. at that pace for most of the time um you must have just been putting in like just hours and hours and hours yeah yeah usually i was usually i was on trail at least an hour before sunrise and wouldn't stop until at least an hour after sunset with like very minimal stopping during the day that's insane dude <laughs> so i'm going to back up just for a second here you had mentioned you know, while you were, you'd mentioned you were looking for an FKT of some sorts. Um, mm-hmm. Why was that? Why, why did you want to go for an FKT um, versus just doing like a cool through hike or a cool hike somewhere? It's a great question. I think it's mostly ego, honestly, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I wanted like my biggest reason to go out on the AT was to like push myself and prove to myself that I could do it. And, you know, I did it, and then the, the next step was sort of like, um, well, I guess Shane Shane has a, has a saying that he said to me a couple times on the, Shane's refugee, by the okay. way, um, he had a uh, saying that he said to me a couple times on the AT, which is that he's not, uh, I'm not much interested in doing things that I already know I can do, 
And so mm-hmm. it's like, I, I know I can do a through hike or like a, 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 a big section or what have you. But it's like, I don't know if I can beat someone else's record or like hike 40 miles a day or whatever. So it's, that was kind of like, if I set this arbitrary goal that, uh, that's ridiculously sort of out of the bounds of what I've done so far, then that that'll be a good challenge to push myself through. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's, it's a very different perspective on hiking than I have. I I'm guessing there's a lot of people that are listening that share your perspective. So I think it's really cool that we're kind of talking about this. Um, but for you, it's just, just hearing you say that, because I'm thinking about doing another long through hike sometime in the near future, hopefully. Um, (laughs) and for me, it's really not about pushing myself any more than I did on the AT. In fact, like I said a few minutes ago, I don't know if I could have done the AT any faster than I did. Like, I feel like that was about, and I don't know, maybe I need to push myself more, but I felt like that was like <laughs> my limit, I guess. And when I yeah. think about doing another through hike like that, I don't see, so you just said a second ago, you're like, I know I can do a through hike and, you know, I kind of want to do something even tougher. Like I kind of want to push myself to the next level is what it sounded like. And so for me, it's just totally different. Cause I'm like, I feel like I will be lucky to be able to complete another through hike, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I feel like I, I don't have any particular desire to push that, push those boundaries any higher than I already have, I guess. And, and you do. And I think that's, I think that's cool, honestly. And, um, I guess maybe I'm getting way ahead of myself now, but, uh, I'm just curious what would be next after the, you know, you did the through hike. Okay. You know, you can do that. You did the FKT, yeah. You know, what comes after that? You know, like I'm sure you. I don't know. Maybe you have thought about it. Maybe you haven't. But I'm just just wondering, like, what the next progression is there. Yeah, there. And are I don't even. Things. Sorry, sorry to cut you off again, but just to finish oh, that yeah. question. Um, and I don't even need something specific. I'm not looking for like a specific. Oh, this trail or whatever. This FKT. Just in general, like what, like where do you go after that? You know. Yeah, it's a good question. And also, I just want to preface this with like, I don't. There, there are so many. I, I don't think either of us have this mindset, but like there's so many people out there with the mindset of like, there's only one right way to like do a trail. And I like, however you want to do th- stuff is like completely like the outdoors is just a place where you do whatever you want to do. So it's like, it's not like me wanting to go fast is the right way to do it. Or someone not wanting to go fast is the right way to do it. Like just do whatever you want to do. That's the, that's the correct way to use the outdoors. I mean, don't like, don't shit and not bury it. But like. Yeah, yeah, but I, 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 I know what you're saying. I think most people probably under, understand that too. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. So there, there are a couple things that I've had in mind. It's like from the beginning, the AT wasn't really about seeing how fast I could do it. It was more just about like pushing myself, but not killing myself. So I think if I did another like long through hike. Like, I really want to do the PCT at some point. Um, I don't know when, but I think if I, I did that... I don't think that, anybody knows when right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think if I did that, it would probably be in the guise of, like, how fast can I do this? Okay, interesting. Um, and then the other one that I have, is, which is more, I think, more attainable in the short term because it's less of a time commitment and, like, more local... Um, I've I've never gone more than 45 miles in a day and going 100 miles in a single push really intrigues me. So oh, there you go. <laughs> my my friend and I have been poking around at the uh at the 100 mile wilderness um supported record. And so I think we might go after that next summer. Dude, that's crazy. Damn. 
Dude, I feel like if you... And we're going to talk more about the Diary of Testament in just a second. Um, but I feel like if you've... If you were able to do that, there's definitely like some random short trails. Like a lot of the ones I cover on this show, um, just around the Northeast, for instance, like maybe the Norfolk Placid Trail or the the Cranberry like 50 or something like that. But then again, I guess 50 miles, that could be like a run almost. I, I don't know. Again, I don't really know much about FKTs, but I feel like if you could crush the diuretism like that, you could probably crush some other shit too. But I was I actually, <laughs> um, she, what was the, what was the, I listened to an episode the other day um, where you, the trail starts at Monadnock. And oh ends. yeah. Monadnock Sunapee Greenway trail. Yeah. I think, I think the FKT for that's doable. I don't think, it's super fast yet. I don't think anyone's like really gone after it yet. But do you remember yeah. what it is? I th- uh, I don't know. Hold on. That's all right. That's all right. Keep talking, and I'll look it up. <laughs> People are probably clicking off as I do this it's- nonsense. All right, here we go. Here we go. It's uh the unsupported is. Just under 12 hours. That's pretty fucking fast, though, Dan. I thought you were going to say, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know what you're going to say, but 50 miles yeah. in 12 hours, I guess. I mean, that's, that's pretty quick. That's easier for you to put in perspective than it is for me because the most I've ever done in a day is like 30. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not like super quick. That's the that's the problem. It's more like it's more like I can keep my legs ch- churning for a long time. So you could do it in one shot, but just doing it under that time right. might be difficult. Right, that's the nice thing about the hundred miles. Like the hundred mile um, record is at like uh, just under twenty minute miles, so it's it's more like a fast hiking pace. Mm-hmm. And if you if you run like half of it, just at a slow running pace, then I think you could have a good shot at it. Damn, dude, you should you should go for it. That's pretty cool. Plus, it's just a cool section of trail too. It really is, um, as you know. All right, so let's. If we're already, you know, more than halfway into the episode, I haven't even asked you what your actual time was for, for the tire test <laughs> FKT. So I should probably start there. Um, yeah, what was uh, what was the record before you broke it, and then what did you, like? What was your time? So the before I did it, the self-supported record was um, wait, unsupported five. or self-supported? So I did it unsupported, but I was like, my goal was to beat the self-supported time because okay, okay, that's gotcha. the that's the fastest anyone's ever done it. Sure. Um, his his name is Andrew Drummond. Uh, his time was five days, twenty three hours, fifty eight minutes. Um, and then the the unsupported record was like seven hours slower than that, so like six days, seven hours. Um, and then um, mine was five days, thirteen hours. That's fucking like that's just stupid. Like I don't even know. <laughs> I just don't know how that's even possible. So, um, can you kind of break down? You know, you don't have to go into like super, super, mm. super detail, but um, just like what each day was. Where you st- well, I, see, I kind of know the answers to some of these questions just because I read your article today. But um, yeah, for the benefit of everybody listening, where did you start from? So I started over at um, Musalak at the bottom of the Beaver Brook Trail. Um, and the, the first day consisted of the first half of the day was traversing the um, the Kinsman Ridge Trail, essentially. Kinsman Ridge? Yep. I don't I know. Think so. I think yeah. so. I don't know. <laughs> so like, you, you hit Musalak and then the Kinsmans and then, um, and then Cannon. And then you, uh, I went across the street, climbed up Franconia Ridge, 
And the second half of the day was getting uh, Flume, Liberty, Lincoln, Lafayette, uh, going across to Garfield, and then finishing the day by like going down into the Pemi Wilderness to like set up for getting Owl's Head the next morning. Freaking Owl's Head just throws everything off, doesn't it? And just Dude, down Owl there by its own. Yeah. <laughs> it adds like it adds like thirteen miles for that one mountain. Just for one shitty little peak. Yeah. <laughs> um freaking oh dude that's insane you just that's so much like you, you say it's so casually but it's just like oh, oh no it's like that that day one of the daratissima is my biggest day of doing anything ever that was my that was my 44 and a half mile day and was, when you finish 44 and a half miles geez, when you finish that first day obviously you were tired so i'm gonna ask you how you were feeling but i'm, I'm saying more like mentally like at that point were you like still like okay like i'm gonna fucking crush this were you like more confident than when you started that day or were you less confident can you just kind of talk about that a little bit yeah so i actually um my successful attempt was my second attempt earlier in july i went out and failed pretty miserably oh really oh i didn't know that yeah yeah so like my first i made there were just so many things that went wrong on my first attempt like the the weather was um i didn't read the weather correctly I like I got lost like two or three times. I overshot the <laughs> the, the the herd path to Owl's Head is so obvious, and I overshot it by a mile. Oh jeez! Oh was, damn! <laughs> like you like you were like on I forget the name of the trail there, like the the trail down like in the valley, and you just missed the, the herd path. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. It was bad. So I uh, I ended up bailing after like ninety five miles on the first attempt, um, but that made it so like i knew exactly where to go for the first two and a half days of my second attempt so like and and the the first attempt showed me that i could like do it physically so at the end of day one on the second attempt i was just like so happy because i was i was like i hadn't made any mistakes i'd made it like where i wanted to for the day yeah it was good that's that's good to hear and then take me through like your next day i guess kind of yeah, so day two started out with just, like, a, a big out and back to go get Owl's Head. Um, and then you go, went out to uh, to the Galehead hut, grabbed Galehead, and then you just sort of continue along um, the Pemi Loop, but just, like, doing the out and backs for, for all the mountains. So you get South mm-hmm. Twin, North Twin, Zealand, um, all three of the Bonds. Um, then you go down... Um, sort of towards the end of the Pemi loop, but you have to like, you have to bushwhack a little bit and cross the, the Pemi river so that you can like go over towards the, uh, the Hancocks. I forget what the trail is that, um, that connects that section to the Hancocks. Yeah, I'm not but, sure either. Yeah. So that, that was my second day. I, I hit the Hancocks and then, uh, kind of illegally, camped in the parking lot at the bottom of the Osceola's. It doesn't like affect the FKT at all or anything like that. I don't, I don't know. know. I, no. I mean, I'm no. not I'm not going to I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I don't really give a shit, but Yeah, it's alright. It's on the internet now. Well, I I I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's fine. And then so that was how many miles was that day? That day was uh 40 43 or 42. 40 okay so <laughs> still I think it was 42 
Yeah. Jesus. And, and, oh my God, 42 miles in the whites of all places, dude. Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. And that was also the day with the most mountains, I think. I think there were 10 mountains that day. Jesus so Christ. Like, it's just a lot of vert. <laughs> day three, you start near the, near the Osceola, as you said? Yeah. So day three was pretty much just the sandwich range. So it was like, gotcha. uh, it's the Osceola's, Tecumseh, uh, Tri Pyramids, and then, uh, uh, Whiteface Pass Conway, and then just like a big trek over to like the Sawyer Pond area to mm. set me up for for Kerrigan the next morning. Did you like have good weather for this? Like, I feel like if you're doing all these four thousand footers, you must have had like fairly good weather, yeah. Yeah. So the first three days were crystal clear, and then um, there was a possibility of thunderstorms rolling in on day four, which is thunderstorms is what majorly screwed me over on my first attempt. So mm. I was just like deathly afraid of thunderstorms so this is <laughs> this is kind of the stupidest thing i did like day three i did um 40 miles and then uh i slept for because i was afraid of the thunderstorms rolling in the next morning i slept until about eleven thirty. like i got into camp at like seven got um got set up and got into bed by eight thirty or so slept until about 11 woke back up and then hiked another 41 miles to like get ahead of the thunderstorm so you just barely slept then yeah it was it was brutal how do you do that okay are you the type of person where just in normal life you can um (laughs) you can go without uh (laughs) without sleeping that much like you can only sleep for like four or five hours and then function like the next day like go to class take a test or whatever um, not at all so then how the hell did you do this shit man that's crazy because i'm not like that either like i need my sleep right and so the so the idea of just sleeping for like four or five hours between 40 mile days like i just i can't even fathom that yeah yeah no four or five hours was like on a good night like that night it was about two hours it was like um i was carrying a lot of caffeine so that definitely <laughs> helped out um yeah i was i so I was slow dripping myself about four or five cups of coffee's worth of caffeine like throughout the day. Damn. So was, Damn. <laughs> that definitely helped out. Um, but then that like that day, the thunderstorms actually never hit. So like when I got done those 41 miles, I was able to just like sleep for nine hours before oh, the okay. next day. So that, that definitely helped. Oh, dude. Imagine if you didn't, though, you could have mm, you could have beat it even yeah more. i know i sh- should have just sucked it up no 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 i'm just i'm just messing with you um <laughs> well i also so at, at the end of that day i got to um that campsite near the mitzvah hut mm-hmm. and i like i did at just to, like finish off the day i did the out and back to go get jackson and the there's the, the the clouds on mount washington were just so gnarly looking i was like well it's like five o'clock at night I just really don't want to do the Southern yeah. Trashies right now. There's nowhere else you could go anyway, so it's just, right. like, it's just like whatever. Um, did you... Well, okay. I'm sure you planned out your route beforehand. Um, did you stray from your planned route at all when you were actually hiking? Um, I did on my first attempt. Is and that then... like a dumb question? Or are the FKT people listening and like, Kyle, obviously he didn't. Like, Is that, is that a dumb question? <laughs> no. Well, kind of the, the nice thing about the Diartissima is that there's no set route. Like right. you can you can do it any way you want, like as long as you hit all the peaks. So like, um, the only part I deviated on was that um, Andrew Drummond 
figured out this really nice or he didn't figure it out it's like a thing that people do but there's a um you can do a bushwhack basically from the top of near the top of lafayette down like a slide path over to owl's head oh okay um i just decided not to do that because i'm very inexperienced at bushwhacking probably a smart choice yeah yeah and it added on a few miles but like I think they were easier miles because, like, I was stalking his Strava and they were, like, 50-minute miles, which just sounds miserable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so where are we now? So are, is that the end of day four? Oh, yeah. So just people wondering about day four. So day four was Kerrigan. Um, and then the Shoal, um, from Kerrigan, I took the Shoal Pond Trail over to the Zealand area. Um the Shoal Pond Trail is awful, by the way. I don't, I don't wish that trail on anyone. It's like, that God, it's so, it was so disappointing because it's like one of the only flat sections of the Dire Testament. I was so looking forward to it, and it was just like a mud fest. Oh, jeez, yep, that'll happen. And I saw, and I saw five moose on it in oh, the middle yeah, of the I night. Oh yeah, I fucking read that today. What the fuck is you saw five moose? <laughs> well, so I saw four moose, and there was another large animal that like startled me in the middle of the night, and I like never actually laid eyes on it. But... That's crazy. I've never seen any moose in the whites, or really anywhere besides Maine, for that matter. So that's yeah, <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. I hadn't seen moose outside of Maine either. <laughs> that's crazy. Damn. So by yeah. the first one, you were probably really stoked or like nervous or whatever. But then by the fourth one, you're like, yeah, whatever, just another moose, like <laughs> big deal. Well, yeah, and they were just like they were in the trail, either walking towards me or walking away from me. And I was like, man, you're just like, just get out of my way. I just want to hike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's so funny. Like, oh, um, dude. So the people that the people that are like oh fkts are like bad like you gotta smell the roses they're probably so pissed at hearing you say that like, you're seeing this beautiful moose and you're just wanting it to move so you can hike faster like that's that's pretty funny yeah i probably deserve it too it's fine <laughs> no no that's that's funny though um okay so then your last day uh oh so last day no fifth day so fifth day oh, oh um, shoot you're right okay yeah five days and whatever okay yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Fifth, day, so fifth day fifth day was the uh the southern presidentials and the wildcat so like the the tricky part about the the presidential areas that isolation is kind of in the middle of nowhere by itself so um i went up and uh like went up the presidentials until washington and then at washington turned around and went back to get isolation um and then that was like um there there was another like slight chance of thunderstorms that morning um but like by the time i got to isolation it was clearing up and it was just gorgeous which was like such a motivation booster because the weather for the rest of the trip just looked like perfect so uh hit isolation and then went down to the road uh to route 16 and then the rest of the day was hitting you know wildcat wildcat d uh, the Carters and Mariah, and then uh, finished up that day at the bottom of uh, Madison. Okay, I gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. And then the last day? Last day was just um, Madison Adams and um, Jefferson, and then uh, and then like a 12-mile 12 12 mile road walk, I think, to... To the bottom of Wombeck. I was going to say, because those, yeah, Wombeck and Cabot are kind of isolated from the rest of the 
the rest of the 4,000 footers for those who don't know. Yeah, it's nice and awful in a way because it's like you can you can just cruise for those road walking miles, but it also I, road walking miles are also just tough on your feet. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, that's true. And, that's true. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So got those road walking miles, and then just uh, Wombeck and Cabot, and then you were done. And that was it. <laughs> um, how did you have anything left in the tank at all when you finished? I didn't have any food left. <laughs> so that was But you weren't was, like completely dead, destroyed, hallucinating, like completely gone. No, god. So like if you read like the trip reports of like uh like Bill Tid on the way over from uh from Wombeck to Cabot, he like hallucinated this guy who was like telling him that he had to hike in shuffle steps. And he and he like did it for like five miles (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like when when i remember philip talking about it too it's like he sounded like he was pretty damn destroyed by the end you know on his little final push for the uh yeah for the single year grid so yeah fortunately i never had any of that kind of stuff i definitely had like some i've I've heard about like um tunnel vision that you get during like ultra marathons and stuff and i definitely got a little bit of that but like no i i was in pretty good i was in a pretty good mental spot almost the whole time damn dude that's crazy shit that's yeah it was good that blows my mind that blows my mind um so you physically i was cooked like i I could barely walk the next day okay that makes me feel a little bit better um not that i want (laughs) to hear about you suffering but just hearing you be like oh yeah you know it's fine i just finished it that makes me be like fuck dude that's (laughs) that's crazy um let's see so obviously you must have been passing a lot of people every single day in the whites. Um, what was mm-hmm. it like? I think I asked another, I forget who I asked this. I asked someone this at some point talking about FKTs or whatever, but um, what is it like passing people when you're just on a mission like that? Like, does anybody ever, did anybody ever like catch on to what you were doing or was it always just like, you know, tip the hat, keep going or whatever? There were, there were two people who recognized me from like, when I had announced it online, and they were oh, like, "Hey, okay. you're you're the dude going after the after the diatessima." But other than that, no one, I don't know, no did one you, really. Did you ever like tell anybody else too, or you just kind of like keep to yourself? Like, no, I'm, I'm not. I get like not like way a bragging way, it, but just like a, if you start talking to them or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If if people ask what I was doing, but it's, it's like the way I look at it is like you know, again, everyone's out there for their own reason. I'm not just going to be like, hey. I'm doing this because that's cool. Like yeah, everyone's, yeah. you know, but um, yeah, no, that's another nice thing about like, because the diatism was less of a speed competition and more of a, how many miles you can hike a day competition. It's like, I could afford to just like stop and talk to someone for a few minutes if they want to talk, mm-hmm. which was very nice. Yeah. I feel like that might've been kind of nice for the morale. So yeah. Interesting. Um, fucking a dude that's so crazy i wish we had more time honestly i feel like i I probably should have asked you more questions about this at the beginning um i guess the last thing i'm kind of curious about and this is again fkt noob question there's people that are going to know the answer to this so i apologize but um just keeping track of this like Mm -hmm. you must have had a gps or some sort of tracking yeah yeah so usually um for multi-day things they want you to carry like two forms of tracking oh two so forms like, wow i mean yeah it, it makes sense it makes sense i guess yeah yeah i don't know 
Um, I think they're not too stringent about it, but like I carried a spot device, which sucks in the whites. Like don't, don't ever use a spot device to track yourself in the whites. They're just not good. Interesting. Um, Aren't those supposed yeah, to work just, like anywhere or whatever? They don't do well with tree cover. Apparently. Oh, really? The tree cover? They're, you know, I you, think, you had mentioned that in the article now that I think about it. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about the spot devices, but that's a little bit surprising. You think that'd be a pretty basic fucking thing they'd, <laughs> they'd try yeah, to like, account for? I don't know. <laughs> I truly don't know. But um, my main thing was, yeah, I just have a, a, a Garmin GPS watch. And so that was like my main form of tracking myself. So I just like uploaded everything to Strava every day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting, yeah. dude. Um, let's, uh, let's, we're getting towards the end here. So let's do a story. Um, but before that, I just got to say like, congrats, dude. That's crazy. Um, it, that blows my mind, honestly. And, uh, we'll, ha- we'll have to do another one soon. I'm sure you'll do some other crazy fucking FKT or just some other crazy hike or whatever ends up happening. We'll have to do another one. Um, but yeah, dude, story time. You got a story from, uh, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is another one of those, uh, stories to scare people away from hitchhiking, even though hitchhiking is awesome. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> it's been a while. I feel like since we've had a good hitching story. So here we go. Yeah. So Marion, Virginia is a weird town. I just put that out there to start. I, we like, we, um, refugee and I rolled into the partnership shelter. Um, and like, we started way before, or sorry, we started in May, so we started way after the bubble. So this was like the first shelter that we got to where there was like lots of partying going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the partnership shelter is the one that has like showers and like yeah. a double deck. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you could like live there and people like were living there. They were ordering pizza and stuff. Um, But um, so like that was weird to us from the get go. I know that's not weird to anyone else, but. Like, um, and then like this one person at the shelter was just very insistent that we had to go to, um, uh, what's the, what's the, the Southern, Southern chain food place, um, Bojangles. Bojangles. That's one of them. Yeah. We had to, yeah, yeah. We had to go to Bojangles and get the grits for some (laughs) reason. And neither of us had ever had grits or really like knew what grits were. So we were like, all right, I guess let's fucking go to Bojangles and get grits. (laughs) Like our dumb asses just like bought grits and ate them like without mixing them in with anything. So that was just disgusting. (laughs) So So that was like the first thing of Marion, Virginia. And then uh, while we were trying to hitch back out in Marion, Virginia, we, uh, we we were trying to get a hitch, and this guy who was filling up his car um, called us over to him, and it was like, you know, hop in, uh, I'll, I'll bring you guys to, to wherever you gotta go. So we get in, um, and after he's done filling up his car, he gets in, um, we didn't notice this until um, until he started his car, but he blew into one of those those breathalyzer things to start his car, and then oh, oh that's <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> but then, but then turns around, looks at us, and goes, "I don't even drink." <laughs> like, Wait, what? <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so, so, like, we just kind of ignored that comment um, for the time being. And then um, he asked us if we could make a quick pit stop at a grocery store so he could get orange juice for his mom. 
<laughs> we were like, yeah, okay, I guess. Um, but he wanted to go to this other grocery store that was like out of the way because, um, well, <laughs> so the gas station was right next to the Walmart where we got our resupply and he wanted to go to the, to the food line or whatever. And he was very upset that we got our resupply at Walmart because as he explained to us, Marion, Virginia is a big hotspot for the Illuminati. And the, so this uh, guy's just a whack job, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So Jesus um, Christ. So we went to the food lion, we waited in the car and we like debated just like leaving. But he like he seemed harmless enough. He wasn't a big guy and you know, refugee is a six four college athlete so i wasn't like super worried right so he gets back um with his orange juice and starts taking us uh towards the the post office actually is where we need to go and he started explaining to us like why he had a breathalyzer thing in this car and he, he was <laughs> explaining that we um that he's he's part of this group that's like trying to uncover the Illuminati that's running Marion, Virginia. And that when he was driving across the country, for some reason, as soon as he crossed the Oklahoma border, the, the Oklahoma police stopped him and arrested him for drunk driving with like no evidence and then held him in jail for like multiple months without, um, <laughs> okay, I, it was buddy. very okay. strange, very strange, but like, the the point is that the police in Oklahoma were also part of the Illuminati, and they just <laughs> they just really wanted to get him for for a crime he didn't commit. Um, but you know all like all things said and done, he brought us to the he brought us to the post office, and nothing happened. So, but he was just fucking crazy. <laughs> he's he's just out of his mind. Damn. Like, I mean, I support. I support him. Like, go after the Illuminati, man. Someone's gonna do it. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like the Oklahoma PD aren't doing it either. So, damn. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know dude. why the Oklahoma PD care about what's going on in Virginia, but it's, fucking a. you know. That's so yeah. funny. Um. Well, I'm glad to hear. I thought it was gonna be like a dangerous, you know, especially when you said the breathalyzer thing. I was like, oh shit, is he drunk driving. but then again if he passed and turned the car on then obviously i guess he couldn't have been drunk i don't know but um right i'm glad to hear it wasn't you know he wasn't hammered behind the wheel with a firearm like has been told on previous <laughs> stories i'm glad to hear yeah. he was just a fucking nut job who got you to your destination safely um, yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> will thank you so much for doing this dude i really appreciate it go ahead and plug your instagram or anything else you want to plug Sure. Yeah. My Instagram is, uh, underscore will dot Peterson. And that's pretty much the only social media I have. So go follow that. I'll probably, you know, when I decide to do something, I'll probably announce it on there. Cool beans. Yeah. And yeah. everybody should go read his, um, his articles on the Trek about his FKT too. You'll get some more uh, details that we didn't have a chance to cover today. So, um, yeah, thanks man. And thanks to everybody listening. That's going to do it. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.